0: Hey, this is Kim Davis. Welcome to another one-on-one. My guest this afternoon is Sandy Rubenstein, who's CEO of DX Agency. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. And all the way from New Edge Jersey? Edgewater, New Jersey. Edgewater, New Jersey. Just not too across far. across the river. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, now, I do want to talk to you about DX Agency and what it is and what it stands for, but I thought it would be interesting to start with a bit about your background, because as I understand it, it's a background with considerable experience in television and alongside that you saw the development of the whole digital marketing environment. So talk to us about that. Sure,
1: sure. So I spent uh, many, many years in television marketing different television networks to potential consumers to obviously watch the content and and join the network family. Uh, And as digital started to evolve as a, as a viable medium to place dollars against, I kept putting more and more money into digital. So whether it was creating e-cards to tell you know, customers about upcoming shows or a series in next week's episode, um, or creating uh, websites or landing pages or sweepstakes, I kept finding that digital had a much higher ROI and um, a higher engagement level. The other thing it gave me was the ability to have a two-way conversation with customers, where I couldn't do that when I bought an out-of-home billboard. Uh, So digital sort of became this natural progression, and as I looked at what do I want to do next, um, digital was the opportunity that I found most interesting.
0: Also, uh, digital must give you the opportunity to optimize at short notice, to kind of turn a campaign really quickly if you need to. Sure, sure.
1: Actually, uh, one of the projects I had been working at, I was at a women's television network, and... There was a, a very small movie that we were promoting uh, just on air, and I had said to, to a couple of the senior executives that I really thought we should put some money against it, and it wasn't a priority, and it was um, the demographic was a little different, so they didn't feel that we'd actually make an impact, and I said, you know what, let me just take a couple hundred thousand dollars out of you know, this, this budget and just do digital and use it as a test case. And once I did that, we had similar size ratings to our regularly promoted shows. Uh, and a whole new audience of people who we had targeted through digital and it's exactly that it's a much more flexible medium we were able to pivot very quickly when we saw certain things were working we were able to move money into that so yeah it's definitely a a much more nimble uh, marketing tactic.
0: Okay let's talk about what, what the X agency is doing in the space and one of the things uh, I noticed when I was doing some research is that the ex-agency is very proudly women and minority owned, which I guess is still pretty unusual in the agency space, so maybe you could talk about where the agency came from, what it stands for.
1: Sure. So the agency was born out of the music business, um, and it, was, it started, and its corporate entity is still decent exposure, <laughs> um, which in the music business, you don't really have yep. to think too hard about the why, um, <laughs> but the agency was born as a hand-to-hand distribution company street teams, men on the streets, oh, yeah. uh, college reps. And then the record label started asking, oh, well, since you're creating our college rep program, can you create a website for them to aggregate and find out the information? And well, if you're already creating the website, can you put banners that they can download and print at the, at the different campuses? And little by little, we started hiring developers and designers, and uh, before you knew it, Decent Exposure became a much more decent uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> place to be. And um, when I joined the company in 2010, we merged the name, um, not merged, we sort of pivoted uh, Mm -hmm. the name to DX Agency because really our clients had started in the music business, then in the television business. um, And as we moved into CPG, it was a much bigger sort of scope than this sort of uh, one-to-one, hand-to-hand company. So we transitioned into DX Agency and... um, There really aren't very many female or minority-owned agencies. There are a couple of minority-owned entities who really focus into the minority space and who do an excellent job there. Um, But we are somewhat unique because we, although do have a uh, Latin American office in Miami, which focuses on Latin, uh, U.S. and and LAC uh, opportunities, our um, headquarters are really focused on American clients and, and their business.
0: Okay, it's an amazing story because it's from from street team to <laughs> full service agency. And Who knows
1: I, what's next?
0: <laughs> I was looking on the website and it kind of like anyone can check it out. It kind of changes your full service social engagement, advertising, marketing, creative, CRM, SEO agency kind of what don't you do? That it, it really is full service. We don't
1: do windows <laughs> um, or floors and the rationale behind that is really based on my experience and ha- based on how I got to where I am today, um, it's really about marketing. It's about communicating with your customer and what do you want them to feel, the action you want them to take, what's, the, what's that final report card and then let's build the strategy against that and if digital is the right vertical we're your guys, um, or ladies in this case. But if it's not the right vertical, we might rank a recommendation that says, you know what, you really should look at radio or this opportunity, TV. Whatever the right strategy is, is what we want to deliver our clients and then hopefully help them implement.
0: Okay, so you're channel agnostic. You're, you're looking for the best channels. Okay. And I did want to talk to you today particularly about television because... That's a channel which has really evolved. We have the possibility possibility now of addressable television. There are opportunities to personalize content, that kind of thing. Um, how, how has that all changed in your view?
1: It's interesting because um, there's a, a lot at play when you talk about programmatic and addressable. <laughs> uh, from an agency perspective, you have competing politics within the company, Mm -hmm. right? So you've got your DR team, you've got your buyers, you've got your programmatic team, and they all have different ideas of how, you know, the plan should be delivered for the clients. And they're somewhat at odds with each other, right? Because if you're delivering a programmatic plan, you're really not recommending a DR plan. If you're delivering a DR plan, you're really not recommending a a regular national plan. Uh, So from an agency perspective, I think it's a very interesting time. Uh, the thing that programmatic offers from a client's perspective is data yeah. data above and beyond Nielsen which you know, for so many years has been sort of the holy grail And um, how do you propose anything outside of the Nielsen specs uh, but the, the programmatic data, the, the third party and big data that, that it offers you really goes far above and beyond and makes yeah. your buy a lot smarter so there's there's push and pull mm-hmm. in the industry, and it's it's definitely an
0: interesting time. Well, it, it can make the buy smarter, but you also hear people currently talking down programmatic. Programmatic done badly can just be a lot of ads thrown out there. You don't know where they're going. You don't even know if human beings are seeing them a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Is that reputation deserved, or is that just how not to do it? I
1: think it depends who you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Uh, Sure, there's the opportunity for that to happen with any buy, mm-hmm. right? And even if a human is touching it, you might be getting a regurgitated plan from last week and right. just same demo, why not? Um, but I think there's there's a middle ground somewhere. Um, the ability to have the data overlay makes your buy a lot smarter. Fundamentally, when you do a media buy over anything, you don't know if anyone's going to watch. You mm-hmm. hope, right? And you hope that the, the audience is delivered and... Um, but the idea of, of buying and not shooting from the hip and having all of that data to overlay Nielsen is an interesting consideration.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to programmatic, are we just talking about addressable advertising or does programmatic have a role in just TV advertising broadly?
1: I think two separate things. Okay. I think programmatic is on its own, um, I think addressable starts to offer you very different opportunities on top. Mm-hmm. Right. So addressable can offer you the local, um, where much, much higher CPM, much tar more targeted person. Uh, if the local MSOs are able to insert in their local avails an addressable spot, I might be paying two hundred dollars a CPM rather than twenty for a national. Right. But that two hundred is a very qualified consumer.
0: Yeah. Give right. and take. And I guess with addressable you've also got you're not Talking about third-party big data, you're talking about knowing who you're speaking to.
1: Much, much more than than regular programmatic, correct?
0: Okay. Um, Do you see programmatic as having expanded the opportunities for advertising and television? In other words, has it given it a new shot in the arm? Because TV advertising has been around together. Is it like a, a renewed space through programmatic?
1: Today, I don't think so. In about two to three years, absolutely. Uh, I think right now there's too many players in the programmatic space. I think there's 10, 11 companies that are really, you know, uh, holding their own. Uh, I think that n- needs to get whittled down to a couple of really key that sort of everyone buys in on. Um, I think you're, you still have a lot of pushback from the big agencies. Right. You have a lot of pushback from the networks. Um, so there's... Everybody needs to find a rhythm, and once that rhythm's found, everyone will flow together. Yeah. Uh, but it it definitely begs the question of: for many many years, we bought based on Nielsen's information and based on you know a really smart buyer and planner.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and their recommendations based on your business.
0: It's, it but, could be called hunch.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, which I miss from the creative space, <laughs> um, but you know. The parallel to the creative world is that we don't just ideate any more good ideas. Yeah. We look at the data first and we say, you know, who is that target? What do they look like? What are their interests? And then we ideate ideas based on how are we going to super serve that target. Same thing in the media buying world.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty on the, <laughs> <Sorry about laughs> on the data. No, um, so I understand you do creative, you strategize with your clients, you... Look at which channels they should be using. How close to the data do you get? I mean, for example, are you is DX Agency actually executing media buys? Do you have a trading desk?
1: We do. We uh, we execute digital media. We have a TV and radio relationship with another agency because uh-huh. it's not our expertise, um, and we have a an at a home agency that we use also. Um, the data is pretty important, especially from a digital shop. We have a lot of data. Yeah, um, and we have a lot of first-party data, which is you know the holy grail when it comes to the data world. Um, we're also expanding the company and building our own data services because it's something that our clients have asked for and shown great interest. Right, uh, and that first-party data, which is, I think, a, a really good driver, um, is most important.
0: Yeah, now presumably you can get the first-party data. You can ingest that from your clients because. Hopefully they have that. Uh, (laughs) We hope. (laughs) Are you also bringing in sources of third-party data and appending that?
1: Yes. And you're doing that
0: in-house? Yes. Interesting.
1: Now, the point of difference for DX is that I want humans Mm -hmm. looking at that. So although we do have um, the appends happening electronically, we're going to double-check it with humans because I don't... I do agree with the idea, as a digital shop this is going to sound awkward, I do agree that computers can do wonders. Um, I also do think that we know a lot more than we let ourselves believe we know as Mm -hmm. as people. Um, And having sort of that that purview over the data, sometimes you can find anomalies, sometimes there's things that the, the computer may recommend, but you just, you know are not the right direction. So it, it still requires both, in my
0: opinion. See, so there's a kind of balance there. That yeah, that we like people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And what you're saying also reflects to me something I'm seeing a lot in the space, which is the way agencies are evolving from the traditional creative agency, sitting around a table, coming up with a great idea for a campaign, and coming back three months later to see if it worked. Mm-hmm. Agencies are really having to get close to data, technology, yes. and so on now. Are you seeing that?
1: Yes, I think that's the smartest way to run um, because your clients now have less wiggle room, right? I I miss the days when clients' budgets were endless (laughs) and possibilities and throw ideas, but now everything really has to have a a strong ROI. You have to be able to, at every step of the game, I think we had alluded in the beginning how digital is very flexible, so we have results very quickly. Um, So yes, I think that the, the merging of the two is necessary for survival.
0: Okay, and just to wrap up, I mean, again, this is something people can check out on the website. And I took a, a look. It's pretty impressive uh, list of clients. What, what kind of clients are you attracting?
1: Smart. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smart clients. Um, it's you know, it's interesting. We don't work in one vertical, mm-hmm. and it's really because we look at what is that end report card. And let's start there and build the right campaign to deliver on your business goals as opposed to, let me give you a really great campaign that's going to win me a lot of awards.
0: Okay, that's very good uh, <laughs> overview of the way things are evolving in digital, in TV, and for the agencies. So thanks very much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.